and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. <laughs> Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Tuesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke. Wolf, what's going on? Oh, nothing at all. <laughs> we'll get to nothing it. Nothing at all we'll on this beautiful like a half Tuesday hour. right now. I know, exactly. I'm just beside myself. How are you doing? Well, you know, it's funny you ask because I forgot my water bottle again. Okay. And was rewarded with this... What is this? Like it is like a one ounce <laughs> bottle of water. Yeah, that, that is. What what exactly does it say on there? Uh, I'm going to guess four ounces. It is says it eight ounces. There's no there's way. There's no way. There's eight ounces in that little water bottle that you have right now. No. Looks like something that a kindergartner would walk around with, and, and it would be a little small for them. Why? Why? Why did anybody make water bottles this much? Like you, you want to no sample water to see if it's something you might be into? Like that's really going to hydrate you at all? You're you're looking to hydrate, of course, when yeah, you drink this water. Is making it worse. Ron Wolfley reporting. You're looking to hydrate. Breaking news um, right off the top. And, and here you go. You've got your little water bottle. That thing is embarrassing, terrible. right there. But it fits you. <laughs> I, I knew you'd pile on at the last second. I'm going to spend more energy trying to go refill this every five minutes like while you're talking than I am actually going to get water out of it. I'm going to be more dehydrated by the end of the show. All right. We're going to get to your problem here in about a half hour. I, I, honestly, okay. I'll try. I'm going to try here. <laughs> Did you really no, not I'm know serious. until you heard Sarah's I, update? No, I didn't okay. know. Okay. All right. All right. No, no, no we'll I did not know. I, I Listened. I was banking on the fact that John Mara Ladies and gentlemen, the owner of the New York Giants, I was banking on the fact that he said, hey, listen, there was going to be no overtime rule change whatsoever. He didn't feel like there was a support for that. Okay, continue. What do you Did want you to know talk John about John Mara's right uh, daughter was the actress in Social Network? Uh, you haven't no, seen Social I, Network. No, you? you know what? Honestly, okay. right now, it's, all right. you're all over Maybe it's his granddaughter. The purveyor know. of all things pop culture, Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Just because I saw Will Smith slap Chris Rock like oh. 99.99% of the rest of the world. Oh, oh my goodness. You know what, too? You brought it up right now. I, mm-hmm. I'm coming around to the fact that maybe that was real. It looked pretty it, real. Maybe it was real. Now, now listen. Um, there's a lot of things right there that there, there was something that was wrong. Did you see Chris Rock? They had the slow, they had a slow mo of it. They froze it and he was bracing well before he got hit. Yeah. And that looked a little weird to me. It I agree with you, but I think the more you slow it down, it's like when the NFL used to overanalyze what a catch actually was. I remember Calvin Johnson once like <laughs> catching the pass and running yes. like 20 yards down the field and they're like, "Well, you technically didn't catch it because when you went home that night, you weren't still holding on to the football." That's what I kind of feel like if you watch the Chris Rock Will Smith thing in too slow-mo. Yes. It 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 distorts reality because I agree with you. Some of the still photos and yeah, it, it doesn't look real, but it, Anyways, I, it was real. So yeah, whatever. Right All right, there. let's. Uh, you let's, saw it, and I did. Let's get to Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, don't forget that. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury from the league meetings today, talking about Kyler Murray and their relationship. I mean, we are in a great spot with him. You know, I know that was what it was, but uh, nothing has changed for him. Since we got him, he's done nothing but do this and we'll continue to. And so we're excited about his future. Um, we want to make him Arizona Cardinals for some Wow. 
Okay, that's great right there. Honestly, um, I love it to, to hear Cliff Kingsbury right now in his five-year extension talking with authority on the future of where they're going to go with Kyler Murray. I do enjoy that. Why, why were you a <laughs> little giggle right there from you? Why that. was that? It would have been funny if he said, we're hoping that he can be here almost as long as me. That would have been funnier. <laughs> Maybe he'll get an extension almost as long as mine. Yeah, interesting right now. You know what? Honestly, um, I'm so hopeful that the way the offense is trending right now and all the arrows are pointing up and they're pointing up to a physical football team that is going to line up in 2022 a more physical listen last year they started down that physicality path they did and it was obvious especially through the first 12 weeks of the season once again go back and look at their run rate number one number two number three run rate in the National Football League. And it wasn't because Kyler Murray was running the ball. They were running James Conner in between the tackles. What are you going to do about it, tough guy? What are you going to do? That's what I loved. They were developing this mentality. And Kyler was spreading the ball all over the place. I'm hoping they double down on that. And once again, you know what, Kyler? Hey, listen, if they're going to extend Kyler Murray, I certainly hope they're going to say you need to be under center more. If this is going to happen, you need to be under center more. Maybe that's the one concession they could actually get. You need to be under center more. I think if you're giving somebody $250 million, you probably get like three wishes, don't you? Like, uh, be under center more. Um, <laughs> that's good. You know what? Honestly, I never looked at it that way, but the genie in the bottle. Yeah. Start rubbing the bottle. You get three wishes. Wish number one, you're under center more. <laughs> I like that. Wolf, if, if, if you were the GM, it'd be wish number one, you're under center more. Wish number two, you're under center more. <laughs> wish number three, you're under center more. Now I'm out of wishes. Yeah, you know, uh, once again, I want to see it all. I want to see the blending of it all, man. It's one of the reasons why I get so jacked up when I watch the Tennessee Titans play. And when... I think of the Arizona Cardinals going to work against the Tennessee Titans, man. This is the offense I would love to see. Only James Conner is our Derrick Henry. And put his toes at six or seven and let him attack the line of scrimmage. Let him run towards the line of scrimmage and then use the play action that comes off of that. And then, man, go shotgun. Do it all. Go 10 personnel. I don't care. I want to see it all in the football universe. Man, it gets me all jacked up. I have a sore throat, too. I need to calm down. It's 10.08. <laughs> I like the time check, too. Like, you're, And it's also slightly rainy outside. Uh, more from Cliff Kingsbury from the league meetings today. He says it's important to feel wanted when you're in that quarterback role. I think it's huge. Um, I think all of us want to feel wanted. You know, you put so much time and effort in this game. That's a big part of it. And, uh, he knows how we feel about him. So I'm, I'm excited to see what we can do with him. It was hard to hear right there. It was. was just a little bit. There were a lot of people moving around. He was on the outside of a plane that was taking once, off. Once again. <laughs> it was just so difficult right there. What do you want to say about that, Luke? Well, um, look, we are where we are this offseason, okay? But I, I want to get to the point with the Cardinals where – the coach and the GM 
aren't having to answer questions about the quarterback. You know what I mean? It's not a big deal right now. Like I, we've said on the show, we both think a deal is going to get done with Kyler sooner rather than later. But I don't want this to be a thing next offseason or the season after that where Cliff's saying, well, okay, this is why Kyler couldn't do this, or this is why this happened with Kyler. Like, I know it's the off season, but I go back to during the regular season how weird it was to see Trevor Lawrence have to answer questions about his coach. You know what I mean? And then even later on, Derek Carr to answer was, questions about his that coach. That was so uncomfortable. Yeah. I felt so bad for Trevor Especially Lawrence. for a rookie quarterback in like week four of his career. And especially because he had the long hair going right there, too. And you know, he had to talk about his coach and what was going on with his coach. And he had, he had to show a lot more class than his coach. Yeah, that's a weird he thing. He got the long hair, kind of the juxtaposition. He, he has the uh, the hair of, uh, what's the guy's name in... Um, I mean... Tra- in, uh, why, remember the Titans. Not the same movie as Training Day. <laughs> remember the Titans. Sunshine. Oh, that was good, Luke. You got to do this a little bit more. This is what happens when I've seen uh, multiple movies I can reference in the um, same sentence incorrectly. Yeah, you know, honestly, this is this is all good stuff that is going on right now. But we all understand that the Kyler Murray situation really is the most important thing that is going to happen this offseason for the Arizona Cardinals and for Kyler Murray. Yeah. And I, I, again, if it were me, I'd wait one more year. I, if you could come to some type of agreement with Kyler and let him know, listen, we're going to back up the Brinks. We're going to back up that Brinks truck for you. We just want to see you develop one more year, especially in terms of the offense that we may want to go ahead and run a little bit more of and see if he'll abide. See if he'll do that, man. The dude abides. Will Kyler abide? This is like five movie references for two people that don't see any movies in one segment. Right. You, you know what movie that was, right? Um, yeah, the dude, and I, I forget. The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski. Okay. That was it, right? Uh, the this. dude abides. Uh, that's Paul Calvisi loves that. That's, that. Yeah, that's one of Paul's favorite movies, I think, right there. He went to Cal Berkeley. He was sitting in trees. <laughs> I was going to say, that's what Aaron Rodgers was becoming, but he also went to Cal Berkeley. Uh, last shot, shot to participate in the Madness, text Bucks to 620-620 and choose from the last four teams for your chance to win $500. So Bucks to 620-620, it's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks, presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Coming up, what is the biggest difference between last year's Suns team and this year's Suns team? We'll debate it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of the Suns, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. And listen live on the Arizona Sports app. Wolf and Luke. The Suns run to the playoffs. Presented by Canvas Annuity. This is a very educational break, Wolf. I did not know about the great Pacific garbage patch that you told me about that's floating in the Pacific Ocean. 1.6 million square kilometers floating around. Three times the size of France. You live under a rock? <laughs> I didn't know it was that big. And probably have about 40,000 of those little water bottles you drink. Well, that's that's where exactly it started. Exactly what brought it up. <laughs> I'm looking at this. We don't need to in- individually wrap each ounce of water that it's being drank. Well, that's eight ounces. Well, supposedly. that's a lie. There's no way that's eight ounces right now. When's your Where's birthday? Where's Bill Nye, the science guy? What's up? When's your birthday? June. All right. Google it, my young pros. We'll get you 
a refillable water bottle <laughs> I, for your birthday. I there have you one. I left it at home. And now walk I'm being around punished. with a Yeti like everybody I have, else. I have whatever. It's not a Yeti, but it's something else. Yeah, it's something. It's, it's a knockoff of yeah, the Yeti. Yeah, a not Yeti. That's, you know what? That's your style right there. The uh, knockoff. Oh, I didn't know about this giant floating plastic island. I heard what you said. I know you're, you're proud of yourself over there laughing silently so people can't hear you. Uh, all right. I'm just going to switch the topic here to the Phoenix Suns. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't believe I didn't know about this. 600,000 square miles. Hello. You said it's bigger than Texas? <laughs> it's three times the size of France. There's no way. I'm looking at a picture of it. Stop it. There's no way. Three times the size um, of France. I would know about that if it was floating around the Pacific. <laughs> All right. I would know if three Frances were floating around the Pacific. Just come on. Let's go. Here we so go. So this uh, it's, it's a Tuesday that feels like I don't know what. Bright Side of the Sun. say it's a Friday, please. Bright Side of the Sun had this, uh, this story up yesterday. And um, the stat that they threw out there, which is interesting, the Suns are the first NBA team in half a century to post a 10-plus game improvement for three straight years. Now, it's going to be hard to do this next year, but 2018-19, they won 19 games, second worst in the NBA. Yeah. 19-20, 34 wins. 2021, 51 wins. This year, they're already over 61. So yes. they're going to, they're at 61. They're six, so either way, they've already hit 10. Um, and there's a good chance that they win like 66, 67, maybe even 68 games this year. So they're not going to be able to do it for a fourth year next year. But that is quite the stat to improve that dramatically four consecutive seasons. Yes. Where do you think they've improved the most, Luke? Uh, I was listening, Wolf, it's funny you ask, to Bill Simmons' podcast because he had Ryan Rosillo on, who we had on this show last week, and they were uh, they were talking about this. And Rosillo said this first, just just to sort of reset where everybody is nationally. Yeah, I don't really get what the hang-up is. Uh, maybe it's just because of losing in the finals, blowing a lead. Could be, you know, if you don't have a title in your back pocket, it's tougher for us to give you the benefit of the doubt. There's certainly a lot of the anti-Chris Paul stuff because of the playoff failures, which you've covered a million times in the podcast. So maybe it still feels like it's new because we're not even through a completed second season with this group. But they have been on an absolute tear. And the clutch numbers, we'll get to them at some point. But mm. like tonight's tonight's another perfect example. Like as soon as we need to take over this game, we're going to take over this game. They even went 11-4 and four without Chris Paul through the stretch. But at first, when you heard about the injury, you're like, ah, oh, not this again. That could end up being something with him that's terrific because it gives him a few weeks of rest on top of everything else. Booker's been incredible. We know exactly who they are. They're head and shoulders above what is still the better conference in the West despite more entries into the conversation from the East. So I think it's just because of Paul and it's still sort of new. But I, whenever I see some of these projections and people talk, I just feel like Phoenix is completely undervalued. Yeah, they recorded that after the, the game on Sunday against the 76ers. So that was sort of just the reset of where everybody is nationally. But Wolf, to answer your question on on why the Suns are getting this much better year after year. They're they're deeper because they have JaVale, who they didn't have today, which is actually a big thing and probably why they got down because the bench got smoked. I mean, Biombo, who we thought would retired five years ago, and <laughs> instead of playing with Paul... Bridges, you never know what's going to happen. He can get you 25. Cam shot the hell out of the ball before he got hurt again. And they're just, they're deeper. And that's not even including Crowder and Shaman at some point, too. So they're a deeper team, and they're a better team than they were last year. And I feel like people are just kind of meh about them. Yeah, you know, honestly, right now, I, I agree with everything that Ryan was talking about. Um, when you talk about the Phoenix Suns, though, and where they have improved the most, I will, I will point to the ether, ladies and gentlemen. 
Their killer instinct is just absolutely lights out. When you go back to last year, they were a good basketball team. We all knew they were a good basketball team. They got to the finals. They won the first two game of the finals as well. But you know what? I don't think even last year, if you juxtapose the two years, 2021 and 2022, what we're seeing right now, I don't think there's any comparison in regard to the fourth quarter and the dominance in the fourth quarter yeah. that we have seen from the Phoenix Suns this year. 45 and oh, after leading after three quarters, 45 and oh, Luke. It's unbelievable. You've got to be kidding me. When you get this deep into the season and you have lost as many games when you lead after three quarters as you do when you lead after four quarters, which would obviously be zero, that's unreal. And that's, you're right. You know, I don't disagree with the depth point because I think they are deeper than last year. I agree year. with everything you said. And what's what's interesting, and maybe we have this conversation at some other time to project this on, on maybe this is, you know, something hopefully that would work for the Cardinals too. Yes, the Suns went out and got JaVale McGee, but part of the reason they're deeper is because Mikel Bridges is just better this year and Cam Johnson is just yes. better this year. Yes. So, like, they got deeper even. Without adding guys, but adding JaVale McGee and even Landry Shamit certainly uh, helped and, and Bismack. But to, but to your point, that killer instinct, whatever that is in the fourth quarter, they look like a team that is personally offended they didn't win the title last year. Yes. And they are on a mission, not like, a, oh, I hope we do this. It's we're going to do this. It's just a matter of how we do it. And to Ryan Russell's point right there in regard to the depth, of course, something we've talked about an awful lot on this show. Um, that's the thing about it. Does the bench play in the fourth quarter as well, ladies and gentlemen? Yes! You better believe they do. There they are. Look, everybody. It's Landry Shamit. He's starting to drain some threes as well. JaVel McGee's out there. JaVel McGee. Start barking. Um, It's something with this team. It doesn't matter who's out there. It doesn't matter where you are on the depth chart. It is truly next man up in the fourth quarter. Belongs to the Phoenix Suns. And there's no other way to cut it whatsoever. They've got a lead and you are toast going into that fourth quarter. Um, it's truly amazing to me. A killer instinct has developed on this team, especially in the last five, six minutes of that fourth quarter. You want to talk about lockdown shutdown. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the Philadelphia 76ers. Exhibit A. One of the best offensive teams in the association. Okay, thanks for coming to play tonight, guys. <laughs> We're just going to lock you down right now. Is that okay? I'm talking about basketball at the highest level our species can generate. The, the respect that I have for that is off the charts, and yet it was locked down, shut down for the 76ers. That's the other thing that's it's uh it's funny to me about the conversation of okay when are the Suns going to rest some players and start losing games? A I don't know that they're going to start resting players. B the Suns resting players doesn't guarantee they're going to lose games. Are you telling me they can't beat Oklahoma City if Chris Paul sat that game out? Are you telling me they can't beat Sacramento at the end of the season if DeAndre Ayton sat that game. I was going to say Mikel. Mikel doesn't sit games out. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like they, they are deep enough. They're still going to have to run five guys out there, even if they do rest guys, or Chris Paul only plays 20 minutes one night. You know, I, I just don't know if you want to go ahead and rest any guys. I don't. Um, not I, at this point. Yeah, I would not do it. I would not do it. Again, I'm not saying you got to run Chris Paul out there 36 minutes 
33 minutes. I'm not saying you got to do that. 27 would be kind of cool right there, I think. Maybe 27 minutes. They're going to get, what, a week? They're going to get a week yeah. just because of the play-in games. Yeah. From the, so their last game is April 10th at home against Sacramento. The earliest their playoff game could be, that's a Sunday, would be Saturday, April 16th. And they might play next Sunday. You know what I mean? Right. So, you're, yeah, you're getting at least six or seven days off just right there. And I think that right there is perfect. I think that is perfect right there. Get get the legs back. Get some rest. Get some away time. Get get a breather. Getting ready to hit that second season to the NBA, that long playoff season. Because if in fact they're going to get back to the finals, we all know how long that takes. Well, and this team, you said get some away time. Their version of away time is they're all just going to go play basketball somewhere together. So maybe it just won't be at the practice facility. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up, the Cardinals. Coming in in the bottom half of the league in the latest power ranking. So what could be the next offseason move on the horizon for Arizona? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, welcome back to the show. Wolf, I know during the football season you were a big fan of power rankings, right? (laughs) (laughs) You probably figured, hey, the season's over. We don't have to talk about power rankings anymore. Surely you just. Well, you'd be wrong. Uh, ESPN put out their, I don't know what these are. They can't change very much in the offseason. They had their way too early power rankings right at the end of the season, and the Cardinals were 10th. Yeah. These are now the post-free agency 1 through 32 poll plus predicting next offseason move for each team. Well, that's a long title. The Arizona Cardinals come in at number 18 on this. So I'm looking at the teams directly in front of them, like Cleveland. Uh, It looks like a lot of the teams in front of them maybe moved up a little bit. The Raiders moved up. So I don't know if this is so much about the Cardinals losing pieces as it is about Denver moved way up. Denver was 21 at the end of last year. Obviously, they had Russell Wilson. That's... I think that probably amplifies the situation if you're a Cardinals fan and you're looking. And now they went out and added Will Hernandez, too. So now they've added a few pieces, but not anybody huge. But then you look around the league, and everybody, seemingly, everybody big is moving around, so it amplifies it. But uh, but yeah, ESPN right now has them at 18. I I mean, is it possible we go into next season with the Cardinals kind of being... Off the radar again. Are we going to legitimize ESPN and their power ranking by actually talking about it? Yes, we we are. That's what we're going to do right now. Um, you know, number eighteen. Okay, you got them number eighteen in the off season. Okay, thank you, ESPN. We appreciate you so much. Um, the only thing I would say is this right now. Stop and think about this. The Arizona Cardinals. Number 11 in points scored last year. Their offense was number 11 in points scored. That's a big metric when you want to look at the year and the kind of year that a team had. Number 11 is a big metric right there. Points scored. Uh, number 12 in points allowed. Not bad. I mean, once again, when you're around that 10, 11, 12, somewhere in there, top third of the league, that's where you want to be. Mm-hmm. If you're in the top third of the league, now I realize 12 is not and technically 11 is not, but you're right there. You're right around that point. Um, 
you're in the top half of the league. That's certainly better than number 18, number 11, and number 12. And oh, by the way, there were only five other teams that won more games than the Arizona Cardinals last year. Five. So what is this all about? What is what is this all about right now? You know what it's all about. It's all about the fact that the Arizona Cardinals have collapsed in the second half of the season, the last two years. And last year left a mark. Last year's collapse, the one in four and the postseason one in five game, that game left a mark. And that's why they're 18. That's, that's a good point because They've done this two years in a row, a variation of it. But I think two years ago, a lot of people nationally didn't buy in. And I think even some Cardinals fans were like, okay, you know, we're, we're a little ahead of schedule here with how good they started in 2020, right? And then you had the collapse and it was easy to write off the way 2020 ended with, okay, well, clearly the quarterback is hurt, you yeah. know, and, yes. and yes, you played. It wasn't easy to get past losing to CJ Beathard and John Wofford, but at least those were, those were two division rivals. Like it, it was tough, but you get over it, right? But then last year to start so good to the point where national people were like, okay, it's time to talk about the Cardinals. This this team is legit. Even the ones, and they, they went just long enough where the ones like Keyshawn that were like, I don't believe in this team. Well, then when they're 10-2, and two, you're like, okay, I, I got to believe in this team. And then they win one more game all year. Yeah, right. So now there's like so that key, backlash. You yeah, exactly. So key next time, don't ever say you believe in them. You're going to have to buy into the Arizona. Don't ever say it. <laughs> just keep it rooting yes. against them. But it's you know, once fault. again, when you talk about uh, the expectation for the Arizona Cardinals going forward, um, <laughs> this is something I'm going to continue to stick to. And I know there's a lot of people out there all jacked up, fired up over the fact they didn't go out and sign Vaughn Miller. Uh, didn't go out and, and bring somebody else in here. And I, and I understand, hey, listen, that's your prerogative. There's no doubt about it. I am jacked up. I'm excited. And the reason being, as an analyst, is because I do believe this offense is going to be even better than what we saw last week or last year. Even better than what we saw with Kyler Murray. Now, I realize, once again, Kyler Murray is a question mark. And that's the thing that's really distracting me. Really annoying me this offseason. There's no doubt about that. Yet I fully expect the Arizona Cardinals at some point in time are probably going to give him an extension at some point, maybe this summer, going into the season. And having said that, I believe this offense, based on how it's being constructed and the evidence is before us, the fingerprints are there for a very, very physical group. And I think that's what they're going to do, and it's going to be the biggest change going forward and make this offense not only better, but sustainable so it doesn't collapse in the second half of the season. See, I think that's the big point, because if you go back to the start of last year, here's the point totals for the Cardinals in the first, let's say, first half of the season. 38, 34, 31, 37, 17 against San Francisco, but they won the game. 37, 31, 21 against Green Bay, 31 against San Francisco with Colt McCoy at quarterback. Okay, so those are the first nine weeks last year. The offense doesn't need to be better than a a team that was putting up 30-plus points per game for the first half of the season to me. What I need is the offense to still be there in the second half of the season. That's where I'm interested in what what you're saying. You know, because right now it's hard for me to look at this offense and say they're going to be more explosive than they were in the first half because they haven't signed their number two receiver yet. Like they don't, they don't have one yet. But if there is going to be a philosophical shift, if they're going to try something new, then 
you have to try something new after two years of basically the same thing happening. It's hard to go to your fans and say, we're going to just do the exact same thing because eventually it's going to work, right? Like, no, there's other teams in the league that are starting to figure out what you're doing. That's why I'm interested in what you're saying about it potentially being a philosophical shift. Not that everything is going to change, not that you're going to throw everything away that was working, but I care about the sustainability in the second half of the season. Yeah, you know, once again, um, you stop and think about it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, ladies and gentlemen, they tricked nobody. They tricked nobody. (laughs) The stuff they're running, the offense they're running with Tom Brady. Tom Brady is back, correct? Tom Brady. For now, yeah. (laughs) It's only been like 12 days since he came back. 12 days since he came back. Let's give him 40. That's the true time of (laughs) testing right there. 12 days, ladies and gentlemen. He's been back, but they don't trick anybody except by using the oldest trick in the world of football, which is play action. Let's go ahead and run the ball in between the tackles, and then we'll use the power of play action to throw the ball, especially over the middle of the field. Oh, yes, I realize Tom Brady is one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League in terms of play action mechanics. There's no doubt about it. He is. Um, yet at the same time, it's almost like the defense has got to guess. What are you going to do? Are you going to run it or are you going to use play action? And I can tell you right now, there are, there are pass rushers. They only have two moves. I've talked about Clay Matthews before in the past. Two moves and you have to guess which one he's going to use. And if Stink is still listening and he's driving around the basin right now, Stink, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You don't need any more than that. You need two pass rushes. You want to have the bull or the bull in the hands? The head rush in hands. I mean, it's so simple. And yet you almost have to guess if the guy executes it. And this is exactly the power of play action and why the NFL has been around for a long, long time, built on running the ball and using play action. That's where I think the Arizona Cardinals can grow the most. That base, do everything that everyone knows is coming offense, and then execute it. Well, if the fear is that they have become too predictable, towards the end of the season the last two years. I just read you the numbers. They're scoring in the first nine games, okay? Here's their scoring in the last eight games of the season. Well, and I guess I'll count the playoff games, too. 10 against Carolina, 23 against Seattle, 33 in Chicago, 23 against the Rams, 12 against Detroit. This team scored 12 oh points that, against that the Lions. Still, what a, what a slap to the face that was. 16 against the Colts, 25 against Dallas in a win, 30 against Seattle in a loss in Week 18, and then 11 against the Rams in the playoffs. That is two different teams I just read you yes, right there. there's no doubt about it. They, the Lions game, too. You had to bring that up. I was just reading. The labes labis, as we say in the Latin. The stain that will not go away. It almost sounds worse in Latin, that Lions game. Just say it. It feels good to say it. Labas labis. This is what I'm going to say. When we come back, <laughs> I, might, I might do the next segment from a different studio. Overtime is going to look a little different next year. We'll get into it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Okay, so 
So overtime in the NFL in the regular season, Wolf, is not going to look any different. We're having the uh, the league meetings right now. And so that that's not going to change. It might change after the upcoming season. But for now, overtime in the regular season is going to stay the same. Overtime in the playoffs, though, is going to change. And the way it's going to work is, let's say you and I are two teams in the playoffs, okay? Yeah. And we're going to overtime. Right. And they do the coin flip, and uh, and you win. Okay. So you get the ball, and you go down and score a touchdown. Oh, my goodness. I still get a chance to go down and score a touchdown. You get a chance to go down and score yeah. a touchdown. So... So why change the overtime? I don't. Why would you change the overtime? Because of one game that happened. Again, and I know that uh, everyone will say, well, it's happened before in the past, and you're right about that. But it just seems like a gross overreaction to a game that happened. Yeah, it happened. The Buffalo Bills blew it. And, you know, honestly, right now, I just make a play. Every player knows exactly what I'm talking about. Make a play. And if 60 minutes is not enough right there, okay, here, this is my suggestion in regard to overtime and the overtime rules, whether it's regular season or whether it's in the postseason right here. Um, Keep it exactly the way that it is right now. Exactly the way it is right now. You get on and you score a touchdown, you've won the game. So there's sudden death Mm -hmm. that still is involved, provided you score a touchdown. If you get the ball and you go down, you score a touchdown, it's over. If you kick a field goal, the other team gets the opportunity to possess the ball as well. Mm -hmm. That, to me, I'm fine with. I got no problem with that. Just take the coin flip away. Just remove the coin flip. It's that's what everyone freaks. Oh, a coin flip is the determining factor as to whether or not Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes gets the ball. Hey, you know, your defense football is a game of three phases, defense, offense and special teams. Your defense has the opportunity to go out there and make a play. It does. Your special teams have the opportunity to go out and make a play. It's one of the things I love about the overtime period as it is. You're playing football. You're not putting the ball on the 25-yard line and saying, okay, let's have a scrimmage. You're you're playing the game of football with the overtime rules the way they are right now. Just eliminate the coin flip. The home team gets it. It's called a home field advantage for a reason. It should be one of the reasons why you fight so hard during the regular season to get home field advantage in the playoffs. You get the ball in an overtime period. Guess what it does? It it eliminates all the guesswork. It does. Hey, maybe if you're the road team, you're going to say, hey, we're going to go for two here. We got 15 seconds. No, you know what? We're going to go for two and try to win the game right here, right now. Instead of tying it up and going into overtime, we're the road team. We know they got a high-powered offense. We're not going to do that. We're not going to let them take the ball. So we're going to try to win the game right here, right now. Hey, you know what? You can make decisions in the fourth quarter based on that right there. Just eliminate the coin flip. Take it away. Give it to the home team. That's what I do. Leave the the overtime rules exactly the way they are and just eliminate the coin flip. The home team has the home field advantage. They get the ball in overtime. I don't think 
I have ever agreed with you more on something because I'm reading through the, the rule change as it is right now. And okay. So we'll play this out. Okay, Chiefs bills. Let's just, let's just use the example from this past season. Chiefs bills. We go to overtime. That's okay. why, that's why the rule is changed in the postseason. So the Chiefs go down and score. And the way it's going to be set up now, the bills get a chance to go down and score a touchdown. And if they do, it's sudden death again. So what was the point? That's just extending regulation, right? Like yeah. your your idea is it your idea or did you who no, came up with this? No, it's I believe it is unique. I believe it is. I haven't heard it from <laughs> okay. anybody else, and I no, don't know why. I, no, there, there have been other people that have said this. Okay, but I don't know who they are, and it was fifteen years ago. It is so simple. Because, like, I'm reading through all the different, the, the people that are in favor of this, like, oh, one coach said if they score first, they might go for two, so the other team has to know they're going to have to come down and score a touchdown and go for two. How about you just, like, I don't understand. You're just extending regulation with the I, way they set up. Your, your plan is so much easier because there's actually strategy at the end of the game. strategy. Instead of taking a knee at, like, your own 35 and be like, we'll take our chances in overtime. Uh, no, you know who's getting the ball next. Yes. So either it's you and go ahead. Yes. You're getting the ball just like at the end of the first half yes. if you lost the coin toss. That's exactly right. I, I, I don't know if they're just going to if they're gonna do a coin flip again after each team scores. Yeah. Like, what, I, what is I, going I imagine, on? I would imagine they would at some point in time right there. Again, um... You know, I was fine with sudden death. I this was doesn't one of these settle guys. anything. I was fine, but I w- I'm a player. I- I'm a guy that realizes I can do something about this on the field. I can do something. I realize the hopeless feeling that a lot of fans have. I get it. It's just so ironic, isn't it? Well, it's the coin flip. You're right. It's the coin flip. That's well, what it is. Well, I don't know about that, Luke. I don't know if it's just oh, the, coin it's the coin flip anymore. It's It's... Listen, both teams have the right to possess the ball for one possession. They have the right. They should both get the ball. I think there's a lot of fans that think that is this fair and equitable way to actually do it. When what's ironic about it is I think the vast majority of players understand Hey, listen, I have the chance to do something, whether I'm playing on special teams or defense or offense. Make a play. How about that? Yeah, but th- and if you don't feel that way as a player, shame on you. Shame on you the, if you don't feel that way as a player. The new rule puts make you a play. in the exact same spot. If the Chiefs go down and score, and then the Bills go down and score, how is it fair that the Chiefs then get the ball again, and they get it twice, and the Bills only get it once? You could have that debate forever. Yes. Somebody's going to get Good the ball point. more than the other. So I, I genuinely don't understand what today solved. You just extended the fourth quarter by a few minutes. That's all you did. You're going to be in the exact same spot of... No, they placated a lot of fans that are out there right now. And, you know, these are football people, I think, that are involved in these decisions as well. And I just, I, I don't, I, I don't agree. I don't agree. Well, I really don't agree with I, this. Because if you're going to change the rules, at least change something. The game is a hard game. It is a hard, cold, nasty master of a game. It is. It's not fair. Yeah, it's not a fair game. Anyone who tried to block Lawrence Taylor realized it wasn't a fair game. <laughs> it's just not fair to try to block him. It's just not fair. 
to try to ISO Mike Singletary. It's not fair. It's hard. And it's supposed to be hard. I I just genuinely want an explanation. The coin flip. Suddenly, all chance is gone. Now, strategy comes back in the fourth quarter once again. If I were if I were involved, I would rather just know. Okay, if this game goes to overtime, that team we're playing was thirteen and four, and we're eleven and six. They're gonna get the ball. That cha- that way, I can prepare for it in the fourth quarter. Whereas, okay, I'll just take my chances with a coin flip. And the way this is set up now, we both score. And then they get the ball in extra time anyway. Or I do. I, I really do not understand the value of the rule that they just put into place today. I, I, I genuinely am cons- confused by it because you're just going to have teams upset that the other team got the ball twice and they only got it once. And I don't want the college rule for overtime. Oh that's the, oh, we're going to make this goodness. as fair as possible. That oh That's the worst. No, 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 la, 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 la. <laughs> I don't think no. they're going there. All right. All right. When we come back, you know what hey, we're going to Hey, make a play. To? Bone up. And make a play. Back to basketball. The Suns, seven regular season games left. How should they handle them? We're going to talk to ESPN's Jay Williams next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.